Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parashah Nitzavim, which is read always the last Shabbat before Rosh Hashanah. This parashah could look very similar from our last parashah, Kitzavo, in which uh, there's a lot of curses and blessings going on. The difference is that Parashah Nitzavim is a more appropriate parashah with the theme of Rosh Hashanah, because Parashah Nitzavim speaks about Teshuvah. It speaks about returning to your essence, returning to who you really are, and it conveys a message that all is not lost, in deference to Kitavo, in which uh, it ends in a very pessimistic way, in which we feel like either you choose this or you choose that, and this is it. If you choose uh, go, to go in the wrong way, you're going to have a cursed life. But here, in Parashat Nitzavim, uh, it ends in a more positive note. We see that the curses in Parashat Kitavo conclude with the following description. God will bring you back to Egypt in ships. By the way that I said, you would never see again. There you, there you will offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as slaves and mates, but there will be no buyer. It's like nobody's going to want you. That's how bad and how low we would end up. But in Parashat Nitzavim, the conclusion is very different. And it says, when all these things have befallen you, the blessings and the curse, and you will reflect on them, and you will return to God, your Lord, and obey them. So and obey him. So what it's telling us is that there is a point of return, that not, nothing is lost. In life, there's no way that you did something wrong and that's the end of you. What this Torah portion is telling us is that you can mess up as many times as you mess up in life, in this journey of learning and growing, and nevertheless, there's always a, a, a point of return. Hashem always gives us another chance, and He always gives us opportunities to better ourselves. So Parashat Kitavo can be summarized as follows. If you do what is good, you will prosper. If you do not, you will suffer. This is what it basically is telling us. And in this Parashat too, there is a similar connection between life and good and death and evil. But there, here there is also the way of Teshuvah, and you will reflect and you will return to God your Lord. So what it's telling us here is that we have the opportunity to reflect, that people have, they, we are made with this reset button of remorse, where we feel ashamed, where we feel bad about what we did, and this will be um, a catalyst for us to be able to, to go around, to, to give a 180 degrees turn and really turn our lives around. So what is the essence of Teshuvah? What is the, 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 the point of it? And here it says that the fact is that people sometimes make poor decisions. We all do. There's not one person in this world that goes through life without messing up one or two times or three or four or 10 or 20. And, and the decisions often lead to suffering. So when a person chooses to go in the wrong direction, this brings a lot of pain because life is made cause and consequence. This is the system, this is how it's made. So if you put your hand in the fire, obviously you're gonna burn and it's gonna hurt. In other ways of life, if you steal, most likely you're gonna end up in jail. So all these things bring pain to our lives. And, but what happens if on his way down, when he reaches the, the so he says here, Rabbi Steinsvald, I'm sorry, that for example, one might find himself in a very difficult situation 
and he might decide to relieve himself and, and his family from the pain he's going through and he decides he's gonna jump off from a fifth floor uh, so he can finish he can end up all this pain to himself and to others and what happens when he's going down suddenly when he's in the third floor he he repents he says i don't want i don't want to die i don't want to hit the floor but it's really that's the way he's going he's going down but he can come always to repent so he says here that problem is that he has already fallen and he has committed an irre irreversible act he has taken a temporary uh, a tempo uh, a complete uh, decision for a temporary problem so correspondingly one would think that when a person commits a sin it should be like a person who jumped out of the window and, uh, and remorse in such a case, case would be useless because the act is done and there's no way back. But what Rabbi Stainsville is telling us is that, that the existence of Teshuvah, an act can become reversible and there is a way to stop in the middle of the fall and turn back the clock. So what he's saying is that with Teshuvah, yes, you can be falling down, you can be going very low, but if you decide to turn around and turn your life around, you can always start going up again and you're not gonna end up squashed in the floor. So the Midrash relates the following. Wisdom was asked, what should be the sinner's punishment? And wisdom answered, evil pursues sinners. Prophecy was asked, what should be the sinner's punishment? And prophecy answered, the soul who sins shall die. The Torah was asked, what should be the sinner's punishment? And the Torah answered, let him bring a guilt offering and his sins will be atoned for. The Holy One, blessed be he, was asked, what should be the sinner's punishment? And he answered, let him do teshuvah and his sins will be atoned for. So Hashem is always waiting for our teshuvah. And we're in the last week of the month of Elul, which is the month of teshuvah, really. It's a month in which we get close to Hashem. And this is what teshuvah really means, is to get closer to God, to go back to who who you are, to connect to their, your essence, to your light. And this is what we should be doing this week. We should be doing things that connect us to God, that bring us closer to God. If we're always judging people, it's a week, that, it's a whole month of Elul, we should really try very hard not to be judging anybody. The books are being opened, they're looking at all of us. It's to have this awareness, this awe, this Yira Shamaim inside of us. And this will help us come to do Teshuvah. So the punishment of death for a sinner is not excessive. One who sins is, the, is by the laws of nature, like one who swallows poison. So when a person does things that go against the will of God, this is sin. Do not kill, do not steal, eh, do not believe in, in idols, do not eh, eh, dishonor your parents, keep the Shabbat, all these things. If we go against them, then we are, we are really uh, sinning. This is what sin is, according to Hashem. So when we do things that connect us to God, then we are doing Teshuvah. So if we're eating kosher, we keep it Shabbos, we are honoring our parents, we're giving tzedakah, all these things, what they do is that they bring you closer to God. So Parashat Nitzavim contains besides the elements of Teshuvah, an additional element that likewise is not found in the preceding parasha, the element of persuasion. And it also is persuading us to do Teshuvah, which in Parashat Kitabo, it establishes only the facts 
as a physician does. So if you have a headache, take an Advil, that's it. It's like masking the problem. Uh, and you just follow the instructions, but Parashan Itzavim goes even deeper. And it would be like, okay, you have a headache, let's look what's going on. Maybe you're dehydrated, maybe you're not drinking enough water, maybe you're suffering from migraines, then we have to see what's causing the migraines. It's going deeper into what the problem really is. And it gives us the persuasion to choose one option over others' options. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day. I have put before you life and death. Choose life. So in um, in Parashat Nitzavim, Moshe Rabbeinu, it's also telling us to choose life. He's not only telling us, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. If you do this, this is what's going to happen. You're going to have blessings. You're going to have curses. That's it. That's Parashat Kitavu. But Parashat Nitzavim goes further and Moshe Rabbeinu is persuading us to choose life. He's telling us, choose life. So when Moshe tells the people of Israel that the options are life and death, he merely stating the facts, but then he asks that we should choose, choose life and go with his advice. So the Torah speaks of choosing the good and advises us to choose life. However, when one must implement the choice of re- in reality, it's not so easy because life is not black or white. There's a lot of gray areas in our lives and there's many things in life that are very misleading. And uh, you have to analyze the situation of every person and what's going on in their lives and why they make the choices they make. Sometimes it's a personality problem, sometimes it's a a, um, nurture versus nature, sometimes it's a uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. There's many situations in life that make people make the choices they make. So sometimes one makes a decision really based on his perception of the reality. And afterwards, even it becomes clear that the decision was made on the basis of mistaken assumptions. So that's why it's so important to follow the Torah, to go with the Torah. If you have questions in your life, go to a rabbi, go to someone knowledgeable, someone that knows the answers of what you should do and what you should not do. Because sometimes we're misguided by our own selves. We're like in drowning in this black hole and we can't see the light. And we really need someone that will help us uh, guide and guide us to go in the right way. And it's not easy because sometimes the right way is not the way you want to go. Maybe it's the hard way. And, the, and, and you don't see that's going to be a solution in your life. But in reality, if you do what's right and you do what Hashem wants you to do and you walk in the ways of God, like chapter 27 of the Tehillim says, that you should dwell in the house of the Lord every day of your life, then your life will unscramble itself. You're going to be able to see it more clearly and be able to make the right choices at the right time. So... In all the matters, one's perspective is often the deciding factor. And the Talmud relates of Nahum Ish Gamsu, that no matter what happened to him, he always said, Gamsu Letova, which means this is good. This is good. He wouldn't say even this is for the good. He would say this is good. And this was, he had this ability to do this because his perspective in life was the right perspective. Even when he was without hands and legs, he would always say, Gamsu Letova. And uh, one can lead a perfect life, and yet his whole life might feel like a curse. So you see people that have everything in their lives. They have everything. They have the nice house. They have the nice husband or the nice wife. They have uh, everything, clothes. They have vacations. The kids are going to private schools, everything. 
nevertheless their own lives look like a, like a nightmare and it is because this person his perspective of life is not the right perspective in life we need to train our minds to see the good in everything and to be grateful it's very important if we don't see our blessings and we don't count our blessings then we're never gonna be having a blessed life our life is gonna be a curse because nothing's enough so when one encounters something of this nature one must look at it and scrutinize it and consider what may result from it it often happens that it is the individual who decides whether it is a blessing or a curse. It's not a matter of knowing the future. So people decide mostly if it's a, it's a curse or it's a blessing, it's in our heads. We, we choose what's a, what's a curse and what's, a, what's a, a, a blessing. You know, there's things that happen in life that are really sad and tragic. But this doesn't mean that it's a curse. It doesn't mean it's a curse. A person that has the right output in life can say, yes, this is horrible. It's painful as you can't imagine. I don't understand why Hashem does this to us. It's terrible. But at the same time, he will find the good in every situation and he will find a way to make sense out of it. Like how many these organizations that have come out, like Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. It's mothers that lost their kids. The, the worst thing that can ever happen to a human being. Nevertheless, instead of looking at their lives as a curse, they decide to bring blessing into the world and help other people not fall into this category or, or train people not to drink and drive and do all these things. So it's up to you, really, if your life is a blessing or if it's a curse, it's up to you. It's up to how you choose to, to see it, how you choose to live with it. So... There was one, and there he tells us a story that there was once a captain who on a voyage saw various lumps floating near his ship and he drew them out of the water, water and put them all in the sink, but at the, uh, uh, in the ship, but he saw that they stunk up, they smelled and the whole ship was smelly and he decided to throw them back into the water. Actually, these lumps were actual ambergis, which is an incredible, rare, and valuable uh, substance that is secreted by the, the sperm of whales, and it's very expensive, and it's used to make certain perfumes. So this, the, the captain of the ship had no idea what these trunks look were. He didn't know. In reality, he had a blessing. He could have become a very rich man, but he didn't know what he had. So what Rabbi Steinswald is, is telling us here is that Hashem gave us 613 mitzvot to follow. He gives us the Torah. He tells us this is the way to life. Choose life. This is it. I'm giving it to you. If you follow it, you're going to have blessing all the days of your life. If you don't follow it, you're not. But in reality, if a person doesn't have an understanding of what these mitzvahs are and the price they, they, they contain, how, how incredibly uh, precious they are, then a person would seem to think that Torah is really a curse. A, a Jew that doesn't appreciate his, uh, what he's commanded to do, he will feel like it's a burden in his whole life. And he'll feel like it's heavy on him and being a Jew is hard. And nowadays with all this anti-Semitism and it's not easy to keep kosher and it's not easy to keep the kippah on the head. And he'll see his life as a curse. Like he was born like a Jew. This is the worst thing that can ever happen to me. But if a person is learned and he understands and he appreciates the, the, the weight of the mitzvot and he understands they're really a privilege and Hashem 
with the mitzvot is giving us the opportunity to be able to gain merit in this world and in the next world, then we're not going to see the mitzvot as a burden. You're going to see mitzvot as something very precious. You know, I once heard a Rebetz and Slovin, she was talking, she was saying, why do men in the morning say, thank you God for not making me a woman? And I always had a misconception of this. I really didn't like the connotation of it. And in reality, she said something I, never, I had never heard before. She said that men thank God for not making them women is because they have much more mitzvahs that they are obliged to, to, to do. It, and the women don't have to do these mitzvahs like tefillim and pray three times a day and tzitzits and kippah, all these things. And they, she said that men thanks God for not making them a woman because Hashem gave them all these opportunities to connect to Him. And so when a man sees that all these mitzvot that he has to fulfill in reality are a way to connect to God and to choose life and to live a wholesome life, and Hashem is giving them to him as a gift, then he, he is really very appreciative that he has all these mitzvahs to do. But if a person doesn't appreciate the value of a mitzvah, he wakes up in the morning and, oh, I know I have to go to shul again. Oh, no, I have to wear this seat. Oh, no. Then it becomes a burden, a pain. So Jewish identity can be the source of joy or it can be a source of disgrace. And the brilliant poet and apostate Heinrich Heinz said, Judaism is not a religion, it's a curse. Because for him, it was a curse. If by contrast, the Maggid of Koshnitz would say, if I were sure that I was definitely descended from Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, I would put aside my hat and perform the Cossack dance in the streets for having this merit. So we see two people with two different perspectives. Both of them are Jewish. Both of them have to do the same things. And each one sees it with a different outlook. So at the end of the day, it's your choice. On Erev Shabbat, we recite a, a verse in which we say, taste and see that God, that God is good. Taste cannot be received from others. In order to perceive it, one must taste it himself. So yes, I can give you the most delicious dessert, but if you don't taste it, you're not going to know what it tastes like. The same with the Torah. If you don't keep Shabbat, if you don't keep Kashrut, if you don't pray, if you don't do all these things, how can you have a taste of it? You can never know what really this is. So we really have to taste it. So. In a way, this parasha of Nitzavim is very, very befitting before Rosh Hashanah because it's telling us, choose life, choose to live the life you were meant to live, choose to live up to the purpose for which you were created. It, 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 you, there's always time to, to turn yourself around. It's not a big deal. You think it's so hard, but at the end of the day, it's so precious, it's so wholesome. Yeah, I've been there done that, I'm here today, would never go back in a million years. So choose life and to get into the matter, to absorb it, to gain an inner understanding of it, one must make a great effort, an effort aimed at experiencing the spiritual flavors of life. So I want to wish you a good week, a blessed week in the preparation for Rosh Hashanah. Be ready, it's almost here. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.